A couple of weeks ago, I was driving home from Comfort, Texas, which is about two hours from here. It was late afternoon, and I was very eager to get home. I was on a two-lane road that was uh, filled with curves and some hills, the kind of hills that when you get to the bottom, you lose your cell phone signal throughout the drive. I was driving really pretty close to the, the speed limit, and I ended up behind a trail ride, horses, wagons, the whole nine yards. Fortunately, uh, by the time I was behind them, they were very close to their campground and they were all turning in and I thought, oh, it's fine. I can get back up to speed and get on home. And just as we were getting past that, I realized that the old Chevy pickup truck in front of me was actually not going to go much faster than the horses had been going. After some initial irritation and some sighing and some visions of how I could pass the truck, I settled in, realizing that there wasn't a safe way to pass him. I laughed a bit as I thanked God for slowing me down, for inviting me to be mindful of where I was and to be deliberate in simply staying the course. It occurred to me Uh, that day that maybe Ash Wednesday and Lent feel a little bit like this for us. We're on this journey to get home, to get to Easter, and it's so close, and and we just want to be there already. And all of the sudden, Ash Wednesday and Lent get in our way, slowing us down, inviting us to consider the journey and to be deliberate in staying the course The truth is that for many of us, it feels like we've been slowed way down for 11 months now. We don't want to pause any longer. We don't want to reflect anymore. We don't want to remember our mortality. We've been remembering it all year. We have experienced so much loss and death and grief and sadness and disappointment and frustration this year. We're ready for new life, for renewed hope, for joy, for resurrection. We're ready for Easter. And it's tempting to try to bypass Ash Wednesday or to go around Lent. But maybe this year more than ever, we need this time of repentance and reflection. This time to deliberately pay attention to remembering who we are and who God is to deliberately pay attention to the journey itself and how God is present all along the way, not just at the destination where we are trying to get. Today is Ash Wednesday. It is a day of recalling our mortality that we all die, a day of remembering our humanity that we all sin. We do things we shouldn't do, We don't do things we should do, and it is a day to acknowledge our inability to save ourselves. Today we remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But between the dust from where we came and the dust where we will return, there is a life we are called to live, a journey we are called to take through this world. We're invited to journey with God who is with us all along the way. Yes, we are dust, 
that provides perspective for us, some humility about our humanity. And yes, this life will end. And God breathes life into the dust, creating us, loving us, redeeming us, sustaining us, giving us a life with purpose, and always willing and able to create in us clean hearts and put in us right spirits, always willing to restore us, always willing to remind us that God is with us on the journey. Today, I wonder if this year you will allow Ash Wednesday and Lent to slow you down. If you will be deliberate in paying attention to what God is wanting you to see and to know and to experience, even as we know that we will get to Easter. It starts with being honest about who we are. It starts with confession. To confess is to admit or acknowledge our sin to God. Sin comes from an archery term that literally means to miss the mark, missing the mark of what God intends for us, which in its simplest form is that we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We miss the mark in thought, in word, and deed, in what we do, and in what we fail to do. Sometimes, though, confession is too easy for us. Confession of sin doesn't automatically mean repentance. It doesn't automatically change our behavior. We are often quick to say, I'm sorry, if it might lessen the punishment or end the conflict. And we are sorry, but sometimes we're more sorry that we got caught and we have no intention to actually change our behavior or our attitude. Confession is a good start, but there is a deeper process of repentance, of healing and restoration that is more than a transaction of pardon. It is a transformation of mercy and grace, and it finds roots in lament, Lament is a passionate expression of grief or sorrow, an expression of regret or disappointment. It is both an acknowledgement that the things are not as they should be and an anguished beckoning the Lord to intervene with righteousness and justice. We confess our humanity and concede that we are too weak to combat the world's powers, principalities, and spiritual wickedness on our own. In lament, we declare that only God has the power to truly mend the world's pain and brokenness. Only God has the power to mend our pain and brokenness. It is a process that reminds us of our need for God, our need for one another, and our need for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I want to offer thanks to Wildwood Mennonite Church and to Jan Richardson for the framework of lament today as we journey together. And as we go through this, I invite you to use that pen or pencil and the paper that I asked you to have. I invite you to use that and write down any responses or thoughts that you have. And you can always come back to these slides at a different time, to this time of worship. You can come back 
any time. What does it mean, though, to lament? One of our scriptures today comes from Joel chapter 2, verses 2 to 13. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Lament. Lament is being prepared for the journey. It is preparing for the journey. I wonder on this journey, what do you carry in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit? Preparing starts with remembering. Remembering who we are, that we are beloved children of God. Remembering where we've been and what we've done. It is about remembering who God is, our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, our provider, our deliverer, our healer. Who God is as gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And it is remembering that we know the end of the story. We know where we are going. We know the hope and the promise of resurrection and new life. So we can journey through lament with hope and with confidence in the one who loves us, who calls us, who forgives us, who leads us. Lament begins with remembering. Remember, you were built for this. The ancient path inscribed upon your bones the persistent pattern echoing in your heartbeat. Let this be the season you turn your face toward the one who calls to you, return, return. Let this be the day you open wide your arms to the wind that knows how to bear you home. Lament begins with remembering. I wonder where you need to remember today. I wonder what you need to remember today. Lament is owning our limitations. We are frail, we are weak, we are mortal. I wonder how you feel about that today. We don't like to think of ourselves as weak or frail. We don't like to think of ourselves as limited. But the truth is, we are. We're human. And something about acknowledging that and accepting that, it makes room for the power and strength of God to work in even deeper ways in us and through us. I wonder today, where are you most keenly aware of your frailty, your weakness, your mortality? Lament is naming pain and feeling sorrows. I wonder how you are hurting or grieving or bleeding today. 
Lament invites us into not just words about what's wrong or where we're human, but it also invites us into feeling the pain and the sorrow. We live in a culture where we tend to numb our pain. There are any number of ways to avoid dealing with negative, uncomfortable feelings and thoughts. But friends, we cannot heal brokenness until we are willing to feel the brokenness. And we cannot fully feel the joy and the resurrection life until we are willing to know the limitations of our humanity and to feel the depths of our pain and sorrow and suffering. We cannot heal our brokenness until we are willing to feel the brokenness. I wonder how you are hurting or grieving or bleeding or suffering today. Lament is confessing sin. I wonder how you have fallen short or done wrong or caused pain. Psalm 51, 1 to 4 says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence, and blameless when you pass judgment. We all sin. We all sin and fall short of God's glory. We all miss the mark of how God intends for us to live as his beloved children. And lament includes owning that about ourselves. I wonder today how you have fallen short or done wrong or caused pain. Lament is longing for a better way. I wonder what fresh starts or new paths or renewed relationships you can imagine even now. Psalm 51, 6 to 12 says this, You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. I suspect that we may be afraid of getting stuck in the lament if we allow ourselves to experience that and, and to go there, that, that we're afraid of being stuck there. Confessing is easy if it's only saying the words, but saying the words doesn't change a heart. It doesn't change behavior. Behavior. 
only God can do that in us and for us. And God will only do that if we will surrender ourselves, if we will confess our sin, if we will bring ourselves before God to receive his mercy. I wonder, as we understand that lament is longing for a better way, I wonder what fresh starts and new paths and renewed relationships you can imagine. Lament is also a step towards healing. So I wonder in the midst of the brokenness, what would wholeness look like for you? How often do we confess but remain broken? I'm sorry, not because I want to change my behavior or attitude, but because I've been told to say I'm sorry. Lament with grief and sorrow, with honest reflection, with genuinely feeling the sorrow of our sin and our pain, our own sin and sorrow, and recognizing how God grieves and sorrows with us. Lament in that way makes room for changed hearts and for changed behaviors. It makes room for the broken places to be made whole. And I wonder what wholeness would look like for you today. Lament is a safe space in the heart of God. Psalm 51, 15 to 17. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. How often do we run from pain and grief and sorrow, longing for God but sure that God isn't in those places? Our pain and our sorrow do not separate us from God's love. And if we will allow, God draws even nearer to us in our pain and in our sorrow. God is close to the brokenhearted. And the honesty and vulnerability of lament is exactly the place where God waits for us, offering us communion with God, a place to be seen and known, a place to be loved and forgiven, a place to be empowered for the journey. I wonder if you can imagine lament as a safe space in the heart of God. I wonder if you're willing to be in that space during this season of Lent, during this time of repentance and reflection, if you are willing to be in that safe space to allow God to renew you and restore you. I wonder if you will. Will you meet us in the ashes? Will you meet us in the ache and show your face within our sorrow and offer us your word of grace? 
that you are life within the dying, that you abide within the dust, that you are what survives the burning, that you arise to make us new. And in our aching, you are breathing, and in our weeping, you are here, within the hands that bear your blessing, enfolding us within your love. I wonder what your journey during this Lenten season will look like. Are you willing to engage the process of allowing God to create a clean heart within you, to renew a right spirit within you, to restore you? Are you willing to slow down and be deliberate in staying the course of the journey that is before you? Are you willing to sit with God in this space near to the heart of God as God is near to your heart? That journey begins with confession, a confession that opens the door for Lent, that opens the door for lament in the season of Lent. This journey of not just a transaction of pardon, but a transformation of mercy and grace. I hope that you will journey with me through this season as we long for and hope for Easter, the hope that is ours, the promise of the resurrection, the new life, the abundant life, that we can journey together with confidence and with hope in the one who created us and who redeems us and who sustains us. Amen. As we continue in this worship together, I invite you to lift your heart and join your voice with mine in this prayer of confession. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbor as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. I invite you to spend a moment in prayer reflecting on your life and your relationship with God, considering what it is that keeps you from right relationship with God. For what do you need to repent? What needs to change in your life so that you can be more in line with who God created you and calls you to be? What sin or burden or wound do you need to give to God?